following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, ready to get ready now, go don't you? Thank you. Well, listen, welcome once again to Dunsdale. And we're here to have a great time talking about the news. And it's still full of it, <laughs> especially Joe Biden, who is not the president. Donald J. Trump is the true president. And let me ask you, are you missing him yet? Especially when you go and gas your, your vehicle up? Yeah, I want to I want to get into that right off the bat. Uh, first a little vodka. Vodka. <laughs> yes. So, I go to a uh, Shell station uh, quite often, the one up on Minden Road just past uh, 99. Route 99 and um I've been Recording the uh, receipts I get from there. And it's very interesting because to hear Joe Biden or Jen Psaki talk about the gas prices when they do, um, you know, do their press conferences. The current line is, it's not my fault or it's not the Democrats fault. There's nothing that we could have done to uh, to bring down the price of gas. Uh, yeah. Like uh, one of your first uh, things you did when you came into office was you canceled the Keystone Pipeline. And I know that uh, Gretchen Whitmer, Democrat governor up there in Michigan, she wanted to shut down the number five pipeline that came in from Canada uh, and provides gas and oil to, uh, the, to the Midwest. She was asking uh, Joe to shut that down because it's been agreed to by treaty. So the governor doesn't have the authority to shut it down, but the president does. And there's been numerous, numerous, um, you know, pipelines that uh, Joe Biden has shut down. But they're saying it's not my fault it's not our fault don't blame the democrats don't blame us uh so anyhow i've got a little recording here not a recording but i recorded my receipts so and it only starts in in july of last year so july of last summer uh i wasn't thinking about recording them before that but just remember that gas under Donald J. Trump was $2.25 at this station that I go to. And it may not be the cheapest place in town, but it's a steady record. 
So anyhow, July uh, um, July sixteenth, two dollars and ninety nine cents. So that's six months into Biden's presidency, two ninety nine. Okay, on July twenty eighth, it was three oh five. August thirteenth, it was three nineteen. Let's see. Oh, oh, that's oh. Okay, jumps all the way to uh, to November. I, I didn't I didn't do my job during September and October. But uh, in November, November eighth, and that's from August to November. In August it was three nineteen. In November it was three forty nine. Now there was no war at this time. Okay. You can't blame Putin for the prices going up at this point in time. And that's all that Joe says. That's all that Jen Psaki says. It's all uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Little Miss Giggles says. It's Putin's fault. It's Putin's fault. Don't blame us. It's Putin's fault. Well, Putin had nothing to do with the price of gas last November. And then, oh, oh, in December, we, we got a little bit of a Christmas gift. It went down a little bit in, in December. Yes, it did. Three thirty nine down 10 cents. Oh, isn't that just peachy keen? And it stayed stable uh, to January 8th, still 329 then. Okay, and I missed uh, anything for February, so it jumps down to March 2nd, and the war had begun then, because the war began around, I believe it was February 22nd, and it's uh, 385 after the war in Ukraine had begun, but we hadn't shut off the uh, gas coming in from Russia at that time. And, of course, just two days ago, we paid $4.39 for it. And this is with the sanctions put in place on Russia uh, for their oil. And, of course, uh, Joe Biden's not going to increase the amount of oil produced in this country in order to make up for that shortfall, which we could do. We could do that very easily. But, no, he didn't want to do that. What he's going to do is he's going to go to the communists in Venezuela uh, who hate our guts and we hate theirs. Uh, But we're going to go there and make some kind of deal and get oil from them. And we're going to go to uh, Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Did you hear? Did you hear that Saudi Arabia refused to take a phone call from from uh, Joe Biden? <laughs> I, I've heard a lot of people talk about that and say that that has never happened in, in the modern history of the United States, at least since uh, the end of World War One. That that a foreign country would refuse to talk to the President of the United States. Well, there's a a very simple reason that they wouldn't want to talk to Joe. Because he's not running things. 
He's just a figurehead. Why? Why talk to a dementia-addled old man? <laughs> you know, it, they've got busy days. They've got a harem to upkeep down there in Saudi Arabia. You know. <sighs> um. Oh, and the United Arab Emirates wouldn't take Joe Biden's calls either. And after <laughs> the ridiculous way that, that Kamala Harris has been acting in uh, Poland and in Romania, I don't think they'll want to take any calls from her either. So, um, and oh, Iran. Iran was the other country that... That Joe Biden is reaching out to to increase oil production. And, um, you know, there's a term that gets thrown around a lot. Trump was throwing it around quite a bit when uh, he was president, that we were energy independent. We were an, an exporting uh, country. Now, we still export now, but not as much as we did under Trump. But uh, this is Joe Biden's fault. Brandon has done this. He is the cause for the high prices. And, you know, you could say, well, Putin started the war and we had to put the uh, sanctions on. Well, no, he really didn't. NATO kept pushing and pushing and pushing. NATO was formed, we talked about this before, was formed to contain the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union fell in uh, 1991, which is 31 years ago now. But Poland joined NATO in uh, the late 90s. Uh, I think the three small uh, Balkan states, Estonia, Latvia, I forget the other one, uh, joined in the early 2000s, um, Romania joined uh, in the uh, early 2000s, but the Soviet Union was gone. The Soviet Union is gone, but NATO keeps pushing and pushing and pushing against, uh, what's the nickname of... Uh, of the USS of the USSR, it isn't USSR anymore. Russia, I think they call it the bear. Estonia. Estonia is the third one. Thank you, Jr. That's why we have you around. <laughs> okay, that's the other Bal uh, Balkan uh, country. Anyhow, all these uh, there's been like 14 countries added to NATO after. The Soviet Union has been dispersed. So, Russia, Putin, kept getting angrier and angrier and pushed into a corner. And he kept on saying, if NATO goes into Ukraine, there'll be a war. NATO goes into Ukraine, there will be a war. NATO goes into Ukraine, there will be a war. And they've been pushing for NATO to join. And... War came, you know. So NATO pushed it. Joe Biden pushed it. Donald Trump didn't push for NATO in Ukraine. But anyhow, let's uh, listen to a little piece. This is 
from back in, you remember the presidential election? This is a debate between Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden. And what I love about it is Trump's style, just his in-your-face, pugilistic style. And I wish that you'd get rid of any moderators in those things. Get rid of them. Just let the two guys duke it out. Anyhow, let's give this a listen because it uh, it shows Joe Biden's attitude long run. Expensive gasoline. Remember Vice that. President Biden, your response, and then we're going to have a final question for both of you. My response is that those people live on what they call fence lines. He doesn't understand this. They live near chemical plants that, in fact, pollute chemical plants and oil plants and refineries that pollute. I used to live near that when I was growing up in Claymont, Delaware. And all the more oil refineries in Marcus Hook and the Delaware River than there is any place, including in Houston at the time. When my mom get in the car and when, the, when there were first frost to drive me to school, turning the windshield wiper, there'd be oil slick in the window. That's why so many people in my state were dying and getting cancer. The fact is those frontline communities, it doesn't matter what you're paying them. It matters how you keep them safe. What do you do? And you impose restrictions on the pollutions that it, the pollutants coming out of those fence line communities. Okay, I have one final would question. Would he close it down falls, the oil industry? It falls. Would you close down the oil industry? I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would that's transition. a big statement. That's it is a big statement. That's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But that's you can't a big do statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time. Over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry, I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. He won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas. Excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do All give right. it to solar and wind. We and that's maybe the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically, what he's saying question. is he is Mr. going President. to destroy the oil industry. Okay. Will you remember that, Texas? Will you okay. remember that, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me give you 10 seconds to respond, Ohio. and then I have to get to the final question. Vice President Biden. He takes everything out of context, but the point is, look, we have to move toward a net zero emissions. The first place to do that by the year 2035 is in energy okay. production. By 2050, totally. All right. One is he going to get China to do it? No, we're finished with is this. Is he we going to, to get China to, to do it? Our final question. No, we have to I'm move on to our final question. I'm going to rejoin Paris Accord and make oh. China abide by what they agreed to. All right. That'll this is about dollars. leadership, gentlemen. Okay. So there you go. Joe Biden wants a net zero uh, energy policy, which means zero gas, which means. You're going to be driving in a tiny little electric car that the government is going to control. And it's not going to stop uh, pollution. It just transfers it from your tailpipe to, to the electric company. And however the electric company powers itself, which is usually by fossil fuels, that will do the polluting. You get to feel so good about yourself. You get to be like Steve Colbert on, on uh, his TV show, where he didn't care about the price of gas because he drives a Tesla. Well, that's, that's nice if you're getting paid $15 million a year. Uh, you can afford one of those. But uh, most people can't afford 
And why do I need to change because the government tells me to? This is the whole thing, the whole concept about the past two years. This has been just a mind control um, psyop, just gaslighting. In fact, that's what Joe Biden and Jen Psaki are doing right now is gaslighting. Saying, oh, we didn't cause the oil prices to go up. It's not us. Yes, it is you. It's you all over the place on the price of, of oil, Joe. And, you know, up yours if you want me to uh, get a get an electric car. Really? No, up yours. The government should not be telling us what kind of vehicles to drive, how to, uh, you know, fuel our house. You know, get out of my life. But um, that's not the way that that Joe Biden and uh, the leftists there in Washington think. They want to control you, and you're just a useless idiot, a, a useless eater. And I've got more to say on this, but I've got someone on the line, so let's see what's on their mind. Go ahead, caller. How you doing this fine day? Hey, James. What's up? Um, hey, man. Gas prices. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. The insanity in the world. Something else is up. Yep. Hey, man. The, the uh, Fall River City Hall is lit up like the Ukrainian flag. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, and they are virtue signaling. Oh, they're in solidarity with the Ukrainians. Hey, did you hear about Victoria Nuland and Marco Rubio having a discussion where Nuland admits that there was biological uh, research facilities? Yep, you're getting ahead of me. That's the second part of the show, but yes. Um, and, and then Rubio asked her the question, Madam Secretary, are you 100% positive that if there is a biological attack that it is the Russians? And she responds, oh, absolutely, Mr. Rubio. I pinky promise it will definitely be the Russians. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. And they she, try she, to deny she, it, but there are. That, so there, it was true that there were biological weapons facilities, and, and and she's afraid of the Russians finding them. Well, if they're just research facilities, why are you afraid? And then mentions biological attacks. She, well, the she department was, that was working she, with them admitted there was pathogens there. She was also saying, yeah, yeah, it is crazy. She was also saying that this is the way that the Russians do it. You know, yeah. they, they, <laughs> they, they, they pretend they, they set up false flags. No, that's how the United States does it. Pearl Harbor, Gulf of Tonkin, uh, you know, Oklahoma City, 9-11. Sorry to sound conspiratorial to you people out there. But the United States sets up false flags all the time. You know? I want the state of Massachusetts admitting that they overcounted the COVID numbers. Now they're finally letting that slowly slip No, out. I am shocked. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the whole thing. They've been lying to us about COVID for two years. 
and now they want us to believe them that that they didn't have biological uh, weapons uh, factories there in uh, yeah. in Ukraine. I mean, just because they were doing biological weapons research in Wuhan, China, and denied it. No, it came from bat soup. No, it came from the yeah, meat yeah. market. It didn't come from that that uh, that weapons uh, bioweapons factory. No, no, we don't have any about- weapons factories there in, exactly. in Ukraine. We only we only run that. We've only been making that our cash cow for the last umpteen years. And what I'm seeing now, too, is that a lot of the footage that they're showing is from the Donbass area. I wonder if they're showing footage, really, from the from the bombing it that uh, Ukraine put in that Donbass region after the coup. I wonder if they're showing us footage from that, claiming that it's now. I'm telling really? you, man, there's a whole lot of propaganda. I'm noticing a lot of the footage that they're showing is from the Donbass area, which after that coup, they voted to do a, to a join Russia. Yeah, because... So why well, would they, Russia they, bomb those two places? It, it, we're just getting a lot of lies, man. I would just like people to just step back and say, hmm, let me, let me try to make sure that everything I'm getting here is facts. Yeah, well... That's the whole thing. I mean, we've been lied to constantly. They're very good liars. You, know, you think they're, they're going to stop they, now? I don't no, think so. No, they're not. And uh, I'm afraid that half of the American people just buy into the lie. Yeah, that's true. Line and sinker. You know, for the last All right, two James, years. man. I'll talk to you, brother. Peace. <laughs> you got me riled up there. Peace. <laughs> Take care. Shut that down. This administration has been lying to us for two full years. And, uh, the whole COVID thing. Anthony Fauci and Peter Daszak created it. They were working on it in Fort Detrick uh, while Obama was president. Then it was determined that it was too dangerous to do that kind of work in the United States. So they sent it off to China where, where they uh, could do the work there. But they could also send it to the Ukraine because they actually had more control over things in the Ukraine because they, they could give them billions of dollars and just tell them, OK, well, we need this this research laboratory over here. And don't worry about what we're doing there. But yeah, any of you guys have uh, chemistry degrees, come, come and talk to us. So they set up. I don't know how many it is. I've heard 12 uh, research uh, facilities, 30 research facilities. Uh, it's, now, it's possible that the Russians are exaggerating a little bit. So I don't know. 30 research. That'd be a lot of money to be sent over there. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. And they're lying to us about gas. And that's why I wanted to read the, the receipts that I've been keeping. Because I, I know we all know the price of gas has been going up. But now we're being gaslit. And gaslit's a CIA term. And it means you just lie in somebody's face. And you just lie so constantly. Excuse me. The vodka is coming back on me. You lie so constantly and so well and so convincingly 
that you get somebody to believe you. You know, it's like the old joke when, uh, you know, a woman walks in on a guy messing around with his um, uh, next-door neighbor's wife. And the, the wife is shocked and doesn't know what to do. And so the husband says, what are you going to do? You're going to believe me or you're going to believe your lying eyes? That's gaslighting. And that is what the Biden administration is trying to do to us right now. Well, it looks like I got another caller here, so let's see what's on their mind. Top of the evening there to you, caller. Are you there? Throw the switch the other way. (laughs) Are you there now? (laughs) Yeah, throw the switch the other way. Am I here? Yeah, I think you are. Is that that you? This is me. me. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? All right. Fire oh, goodness. You know, you know, you, well, you know what? I, I was astonished when you said about Saudi Arabia not calling the president back. And I don't mm-hmm. blame them, really. I, I don't blame them. I mean, they see what this administration is. I mean, poopy pants Biden, you know, he does. he's not running anything. He's Who like do you talk to? Do you talk to Blinken? Do you talk to Obama? Do you talk to, what's, what's, there's another guy who's the chief of, chief of staff. Well, well, one person yeah. they shouldn't talk to is uh, that laughing hyena of vice president. She thinks <laughs> everything's a joke. She was like uh, at a, uh, answering questions about uh, Ukrainian refugees and all that. And she goes, you know, starts making jokes to herself. Well, a friend in need is a friend in need. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and, and, and cracks herself up over the stupidest things. Okay, and, she thinks everything's a joke. And she doesn't, she doesn't even pay attention because no, she, she was in Romania and uh, there was another press conference and mm-hmm. the, there was an English-speaking uh, press guy there that asked a, dire- a question directly to Kamala. Not, not mm. to the Romanian president, but to the American vice president. And he's asking in English about the gas prices and what the administration is going to do about it. And mm. she, she, she doesn't, at first she tried to pass the question off to the president of Romania, who's got nothing to mm. do with the price of gas in the United States. <laughs> yeah. And then she answers a completely different, it's like she had a set bunch of, of you know, of responses, and she went to like response number 11. It had nothing to do about gas, you know. It was, just, it was no, obviously she she didn't pay attention to what no, the English speaking um, you know guy said. Yeah, well, she just wanted to pick a question where she could make her own jokes too. Yeah, yo, you know, I'm funny. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't trying to crack a joke this time, she, but you could yeah, see yeah, that well. she was lost, and she just goes. Back to you know a standard answer from something. <laughs> yeah, you know, canned answer that that was prepared for for like question number twenty five, and she was only on fifteen or something. Right, you know? right, right. So I guess you she's know. she's following Joe's playbook. You know, you're, suppo- yeah, well, you you're, know you're supposed to go in order, and you can't ever go out of order because then you'll <laughs> you'll be messed up because you you can't just take an ad lib question, which Donald yeah, Trump well, did all the time. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, just pray for Biden right now because if he if something happens to poopy pants, okay, guess what we're going to have for president? We're going to have a laughing hyena. He's that's, not going to take anything serious. That's that's why okay. when whenever anyone talks about impeaching uh, Joe, it's like no, 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 not not until after the the election. 
Hopefully there'll yeah, be a well, ton of Republicans that get get sent to the House of Representatives. They elect um, uh, Trump as, um, uh, you know, Senate Majority Leader. I always keep forgetting House of Representatives. It's, it's oh, Speaker Senate of the House. Majority. Mitch McConnell? Speaker of the House. No, uh, the title. Oh, oh, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, but you don't have to be a member of the House of Representatives to become Speaker of the House. That's right. You don't even have to be elected as any office. I right. Mean, if, if, uh, so, so if, if, it, if it, in this November, this November, if they want Donald Trump as Speaker of the House, they can make that so. Yeah. If if like a hundred, I mean, I'm dreaming a little bit here, but just hear me out. You you get a sure. hundred new uh, Republican representatives in there, and they say <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, no, 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 we want Trump in there. If he becomes a, the Speaker of the House, he's third in line to the president. You impeach Joe for an illegal election, for a stolen election, that would kick mm-hmm. him out and Kamala. The whole administration would would have to leave. Trump would become president. Yeah, <laughs> as he should be today. Yes. As he should be today. I don't think Putin, Putin would not be doing the crap he's doing right now if it were not for Biden. No, I mean, he was just Biden. No, he was just Biden. Go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was just saying, uh, Putin was just Biden his time until Biden or some weak leader got in there and it was like a pot of gold to him. Why do you think they're bombing the crap out of Ukraine right now and, and Putin doesn't care? He wouldn't do that crap under Trump. No way. No way. Well, Trump all. had told him that he was going to bomb Moscow if he was doing what he's doing. But at the same time, <laughs> Trump would not have pushed for NATO to go into Ukraine, you know. Right. So Putin would would save face. He would have what he wants, and um, you know the price of oil would would be back at forty dollars a barrel. Yeah. But I mean, and this is what I am so pissed about the um, the media in this country. They have mm. demonized Putin. They have demonized Russia so much they turned him into an enemy. And, uh, That's right. And and, and guess who's gonna guess who's gonna suffer? The Russian citizens, the people that are protesting that are risking getting arrested. Yeah. The average Joe, just like you and me, if we were living there, we'd be you know going about our business. We're gonna be demonized as well, just like what happened in uh, uh, Nazi Germany. Okay, yeah. everybody hated all the Germans. Not all the Germans were for that. So that's what's going to happen with Russia. So they're going to be demonized. Uh, where the one who should be demonized, well, well, maybe put up on war charges, is Vladimir Putin himself. He's the one that started this crap. No, I believe NATO started it. They, oh, they well, pushed. yeah, that's that's true. It, it, that's it's kind of like the cue ball effect or even the, the cue effect. Like NATO is the cue stick. And it hits mm-hmm. it hits the cue ball, which hits the ball and sends the, the ball into the into the corner pocket. Right. This is so manipulative, um, you know. And there are power brokers, whether it's Klaus Schwab, George Soros, uh, you know, Barack Obama. I, I, I think it's even above Barack Obama. Yeah. Um, he, he wasn't any better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there there are power brokers that uh, that we don't have much uh, say over. 
that are putting us in this situation. I mean, just how blatantly yeah. the election was stolen last uh, in the last election. It's going on two years now, isn't it? Uh, Has it been that well, long? Uh, it it in seems November like decades. Would be, yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, November. This is 2020. Yeah, this is 2022. Yeah, it's going, right. going on so two years. Hopefully, hopefully the Republicans take both the House and Senate because I'm quite honestly sick of this. I mean, let me t- put it to this way. Gasoline is so high now that the mailman is working from home. He called me the other day and read my bills to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little joke I wanted to slip in there. But I, that was a good one. Oh, I, 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 I saw a great meme, but I, I, I can't... Um, I can't bring it up. I don't know how to find it. But uh, uh, this Russian woman was thanking us for uh, for taking Coca-Cola and McDonald's and KFC out of their country. So that now mm. now they're going to have to eat good food. And yeah. and, and she <laughs> she was saying, and we did you a favor of of uh, not sending you our oil. So you can't afford to drive, so you'll have to walk more, and it'll be more healthy for you, too. <laughs> yeah, they'll be stronger than we are. <laughs> oh, I said you wouldn't mean, I'll let you go with this. I, I don't know if you've got it. No, I'll send it to you. It's a split picture. Uh, the picture on the left is a picture of a toilet, and the picture on the right is a picture of Biden, and I captured it. What do these two things have in common? Uh, and the answer is they were both installed and usually full of you know, <laughs> can't say that word on the radio. No, uh, no, no. Well, I, I, I can use Paul Mainville's chat. <laughs> but Paul, I, you know, as long as Paul can say it, I can say it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll all let right, you get so by with that one. <laughs> okay, well, all right, Jamal. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later. Okay, man. Take hey, care. You too. Bye bye. Yep. Okay, well, let's take a little break right now, and we shall come back for more. There we go. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash Massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. 
The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Okay, welcome back to Dunsdale. And uh, needed a little break there. And, oh, I know what uh, we need to talk about is false flags. We need to know what false flags are. We were talking a little bit about it before. But it's like uh, when Hitler came to power and and the, the Reichstag burnt down. That was like the, the capital building for Germany at the time. And it got burnt down. And of course, it was um, oh, what, what was his henchman's name? Um, Gerhardt. Um, one of Goring. Goring. Okay. <laughs> it was right on the tip of my tongue. Goring had, had set it up. And they, they found this guy that wasn't totally there mentally, and they blamed it on him, called him a communist, blamed the communists, and Hitler was able to consolidate power because of that. That's a false flag. When you uh, set something up, you cause an accident, you cause a uh, firefight, a battle, uh, and then you blame it on the other guy. World War II got started that way. When they went, to, when the Germans went into Poland, they faked an attack on the Germans, and then said, "See, see, Polish, Poland attacked us, so we're justified in going into Poland." No one believed it, but um, it was done. I said Pearl Harbor earlier was a false flag, and that's kind of stretching it a little bit. Because the Japanese did attack, they did start the war, but Roosevelt moved the Pacific Fleet from, I believe it was in San Diego, to Hawaii, which was a terrible place for the whole fleet. You know, it could handle a couple of ships, but not the whole fleet. He put it there to antagonize the Japan into attacking, and the Japanese took the bait 
attacked and started World War II. Gulf of Tonkin is uh, that started the Vietnam War, and that's a perfect example of a false flag. We had a spy ship out in the water, and you know, it was in international waters, but right in a, a huge bay uh, in uh, near northern Vietnam. They were a good 20 miles out for sure, so it was international water. And Lyndon Johnson uh, claimed that our ships were fired upon, were attacked by gunboats sent out from the um, from the from Vietnam. Didn't happen. Was made up, but that's what sparked the Vietnam War, which, by the way, brought down um, Lyndon Johnson, President Lyndon Johnson. So, um, false flags happen all the time. And now there's this bioweapons facility, uh, numerous ones, uh, that have been found in uh, Ukraine. And, you know, like I said, we control, or we did control Ukraine for the longest time. We set up... uh, presidents there. We, we set them up. We took them down. Uh, Mitt Romney, uh, Hunter Biden, uh, one of Pelosi's kids have been milking that for millions of dollars. And we've got these bio labs there, which are outside of the United States, so they can work on anything they want there. Because they're not controlled by the safety laws here in the United States. So, um, that's why it was important today that, if I can find the article, uh, Russia went to the UN. They called the Security Council meeting over Ukraine's biolabs. Okay, Russia has called for a U.N. Security Council meeting to discuss purported U.S.-backed biological weapons program in Ukraine. Rob and I were talking about this. Uh, Let's see. Washington has denied that it owns or operates any such biolabs in the country, while Kiev insisted that the facilities were engaged only in civilian research. Now, wait a minute. Washington is saying that we don't own or operate any biolabs in the country, but the government in Kiev, you know, uh, Vladimir Zelensky the Great, says, uh, well, yeah, we have them, but they're just civilian research. And then, um, where is this? Okay, here we go. Washington, however, has rejected those charges with the State Department. Ned Pierce telling reporters on Wednesday that the U.S. was in full compliance with its obligations under the Chemical Weapons Convention and Biological uh, Warfare. But uh, like like we were talking about before with with Newland, when she was talking in the Senate to um, Marco Rubio. She 
she said that, yes, we have. Here we go. Here's the one with the money quote. We have these bioweapons. Okay. Now that Russia has made these false claims and China has seemingly endorsed its propaganda, we should be on, we should all be on the lookout for Russia to possibly use chemical or biological weapons in Ukraine or create a false flag operation using them. It's a clear pattern. And that, that's what uh, Jen Psaki was saying. She also noted Russia's long and well-documented track record of using chemical weapons as well as its pattern of accusing the West of the very violations that Russia itself is perpetuating. Well, they, uh, Jen Psaki is a paid liar. Joe Biden lies all the time. If they're accusing Russia of using biological weapons, that means that the United States is, or the CIA is, or someone in the the Ukrainian army, like maybe the Nazi uh, outfits there. Um, they do have, uh, you know, neo-Nazi groups there who are in the employ of the CIA or something would be the ones that would plant it. And what's interesting about Russia going to the U.N. and saying, hey, look, we found all these bioweapons labs here run by the United States. What they're doing is they're getting ahead of of the uh, the story before the, the Americans, before the, this administration claims that Russia has used uh, biological weapons. Russia is saying, no, wait, hold on. It's the United States that has been doing this. It's the United States that's the culprit here. Sorry, people. If you think I'm unpatriotic uh, saying stuff like that, uh, grow up. The example of Pearl Harbor is very good. It's, it's in my book. You can read about it in there. I I detail it. But um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt needed to get us into World War II. And he needed us in the European theater. But he couldn't get get Germany to attack us in the Atlantic. So he got Japan to attack us in, uh, in the Pacific. And he put 2,000 sailors and Marines and, and civilian personnel in danger, put them out there, used them as pawns, and uh, many of them died. And uh, I, I know that that sounds, like I said, unpatriotic, but truth is truth. Um. Our side is capable of doing diabolical things. Now, granted, we needed to be in World War II because we changed balance power in World War I and we never should have gotten involved in World War I. But read my book. I cover all that there. We just can't be blind to the fact that just because 
the people who are on our side say, go fight this war, doesn't mean it's worth fighting. And I mentioned 911 uh, being a false flag, too. Yeah, uh, I bought into uh, the whole 911 years ago, and um, I've been seeing different information on it. And when you get new information, uh, you change your thinking because you can get duped. You can get duped very easily. And we do not need to be duped into a war between Russia and Ukraine. Let them duke it out. We do not need to start World War III. Because one thing about Putin, you may think that he's evil, you may think he's a nasty guy, but when he makes promises, he keeps them. He's not like Joe Biden. He's not like Jen Psaki. He says he'll use tactical nukes. You know what? He probably will. Do we really want to start World War III over the Ukrainian border? That's what we need to be thinking about here. Instead of going yay, rah, rah, our side, our side, sis, boom, bah, let's get out of high school, okay? Put the palm bombs down for a minute. So, it's crazy. And we're giving up all of our rights uh, here in the United States. Yeah, I've got an article here. EU tells citizens to lower heating yeah, instead of increasing their, their flow of energy, which would be really hard for the EU, the European Union, because they don't have large sources of uh, energy. All their energy comes from Russia or uh, Iran or Saudi Arabia or us. And we're not developing uh, much more, much more than we need. So anyhow, the European Union's high representative for foreign policy, Joseph Borrell, has asked citizens to turn down the heating in their homes as one way to, to, for the bloc to cut its dependence on Russian gas amid the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Well, I'm sure their prices for, for gas and home heating and whatnot is going up. So they probably don't have to be told to turn the thermostat down. Wear a sweater. I think they're being forced to do that. Let's see, the challenges we face are going to require a very tough stance, and we have to be willing to pay the price. Same thing you're hearing from Joe Biden. We're going to have to pay uh, because Joe Biden and NATO wanted to push a war on, on Russia. To break it up or whatever. I mean, it does. Russia covers like 11 time zones. It's uh, land wise the largest country in the world. Maybe there's desire to break it up and turn it to a bunch of little smaller countries. How did that work? How did the Arab Spring work 
uh, you know, a couple of years back, you know, when we started bombing Libya and tried to change Egypt's uh, government around. Yeah, yeah, we, we turned Egypt into a democracy. Then they voted uh, ISIS into the government. Uh, the Egyptian military took a look and said, we don't want these nuts running us. They pulled a coup d'etat, threw ISIS out, and I believe it's still a military dictatorship there. They, they might do elections, but uh, very controlled elections. When we <laughs> take a look at Afghanistan, we just left after 20 years there trying to bring democracy there. When you try to change a country to, to your way of thinking, to your way of, of, uh, of operating, it doesn't work out all that well. So instead of trying to, to manipulate other countries to be like us, so oh, they could be more democratic. Um, we just had an election that got stolen. Uh, we've got politicians lying to us uh, all the time. Um, you know, <laughs> other countries are looking at us, they're looking at Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and saying, no, thanks. We don't want that. Not for us. <laughs> we'll keep our authoritarian dictator. Uh, we'll keep our king. And, you know, when, when your elected leadership, well, it's not elected, they installed themselves after stealing the election. But when your supposedly elected leadership acts like a dictator, shuts down your businesses, shuts down your churches, shuts down your, your ability to travel freely... How free are we? Nope, getting down to the end, so I have to hit the closing. So, a lot to chew on, a lot to think about. But one good thing, we're not at war this week, so maybe we'll go another week without getting into a war. I hope so. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. And stay out of wars, will you? This is a Dunn's Deal. Tell your friends and neighbors to tune in Friday evenings at 6.05 for Jim's perspective on the issues of the week. You're listening to WNRI Woonsocket.